Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. Tech Podcast. Nick, what do you have to say for yourself? What do I have to say for myself? I'm very proud that everyone enjoyed the episode so much last week. So many people wrote in feedback, we'll put it that way, feedback about myself <laughs> and feedback. my opinions and what y'all thought about them. Um, all I'll say, indeed, I am a professional. So anyone who says that I'm not a professional, go go shove it up wherever you think you're professional because I am definitely a professional. Shove it in your and... thunderbolt port. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if there were four of them for people to shove it in, but there aren't, so sucks to be you, I guess. Well, Randy, what's what's the audiophile perspective on AirPods 3? I must know. I've been waiting all week for this opinion. Did you watch my unboxing? Uh, I caught a part of it, but I was in the middle of working. I, was that, was that when you called week, me, so I didn't... Randy? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. So I got right. I got it. like maybe three minutes of your live stream there, and you weren't talking about the AirPods. You were talking about something else. Whenever I was in the stream, and then you called me okay. later. I only so asked I because I, I I just want to know how I'm gonna tailor this. I caught your unboxing, Drew, and uh, uh, anyway, from an audio files perspective, you we we kind of talked. We we alluded to this back and forth when you were doing your. Uh, first impressions but yeah where airpods 2 makes up for its lack of sound and i also mean kind of almost literally because it's a smaller speaker too right uh these drivers are so tiny that uh it really compensates on pushing more bass than what you would get on this on the airpods 3 uh so in that sense uh it's more flushed, hmm. but the longer I'm using it, honestly, I'm having a harder time finding a recommendation for them. Interesting, really. Yeah, I I I don't hmm. know if I can be honest to myself and then to anybody who's asking me and and fully recommend these. And okay. the sound quality is great, but there's AirPods Pro is better. AirPods Pro is 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 the more we keep getting new things to try it out, the more we ke- I keep appreciating AirPods Pro. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's it's not comfortable in the ear for me. This is the part where I'm going to get a little subjective, but this one right here keeps falling out as we speak. It's loose. It just yeah. keeps getting loose. I keep pushing it back in because of the design really? it's so 
Bowlby. Whereas AirPods. That's a shame, because I know that's what you were mostly looking forward to. And I was really AirPods. rooting for it, yeah. AirPods 2 gives the, uh, the right curvature where it starts to fit into your ear, where it sits more comfortably in the air. Yeah. And as much as I appreciate the tech of what it's doing with the adaptive EQ, um, it just sounds like I have constant transparency turned on. That's right. just crappier transparency because I can hear there's something muffling going on in my in my in my eardrum because there's something blocking. Whereas AirPods Pro transparency is probably the best I've ever used, and it doesn't sound like there's anything obstructing in lifetime. Mm-hmm. So for a battery case, great. I, I, I'm pushing these things to where I'm killing them, and they're holding out very well. And I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's amazing. I think the sound is extremely balanced, uh, based off of that adapting EQ. I I start sliding it out of my ear just a little bit, and I do hear it change immediately to readjust the frequency of going through. But it's only doing that to artificially do what AirPods Pro does naturally without any of that happening. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, I have a better sound quality with AirPods Pro. Mm. And I and I keep okay. I keep comparing it to AirPods Pro because it looks like it, it's designed like it, minus the suction cup. If they adjust it, I, I wonder if some of my critiques would be pivoted if they changed the stem, not the stem, but the the driver to be more in line and designed with the AirPods uh, two and one. That it just yeah. it kind of goes in more. It's a bigger sound right. sound that's coming out, but it's just I, I it's trying to be both AirPods Two and AirPods Pro, and mm-hmm. it's not it's it can't own either of those. So it's trying to be a good hybrid, and I think it 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 checks off the hybrid part. AirPods Pro is the better sounding one. AirPods Two is the better com- is the better comfort, and. Mm-hmm. AirPods 2 now being cheaper is well worth recommending that one from a price point. And if you yeah. want to do $50 more and you want to get this design, um, I, I, I can only say – because it's, it's, you have to try – you have to put them on. If you can go to the store, an Apple store, and, let, and they let you try it on, you'll know within the first – three to five minutes how that's actually going to be staying for a long period of time in, in your ear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for me they're okay ish and, and for comfort comfort's the most important thing because it, it's it's the it's the deal breaker for people who like if they have over ears they don't want it putting pressure on the head and so that's why they like using Bose or the Sony's yeah. for example whereas like HomePods Max I mean AirPod Max was it sits on the ear, but after a while, it can really start pushing in. But they have that foam to help alleviate that pressure. But how the comfort is over time is very important. And um, it only made me appreciate the sound quality of AirPods Pro. And it makes me appreciate the comfort fit of AirPods 2. So the tech is great. Spatial audio is fine. I, I it's, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm indifferent about spatial audio. It's just it's... I would strongly push people to get AirPods Pro then if that's what you're leaning into. Um, I, th- I think for what 
the price, not price per dollar, but price per <laughs> pod. <laughs> yeah. AirPods price Pro per is. EQ. There you go. <laughs> AirPods Pro is way more, uh, way more bang for your buck, and and you do get your money's worth out of it. That being said, I can't even recommend an AirPods Pro right now. Yeah, it's in a weird state because it's been almost two years, I think, since they came out, and I'm pretty sure they're going to get refreshed within the next six months or so, maybe, maybe a little longer, but. Um, I, have I feel like an AirPods Pro update of some kind is well overdue now that they, of all the AirPods, Pros have the worst battery life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, from a non-audiophile <laughs> perspective, I felt <laughs> I felt the same um, audio-balanced equation with uh, AirPods Pro as AirPods 3. I feel like the only difference is the rubber seal. It just like the, the sound quality itself sounds the same. It's just basically Apple's put a seventy dollar price on active noise cancellation. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's like, are you and willing to pay an tips. extra? And very, the silicon tips. Very, Some people very, might. I, I love it. Just putting a silicon tip into my ear hole, and it just slides right in there. Very nice. <laughs> and it stays in there real well. You're putting so many images in my head, Nick. But they're AirPods. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, unfortunately, I luckily they they fit great for me. I don't have any issues with the comfort. It fell out um, right now, as you said that it just came out. Yeah. I'm like, no, nope. it's just <laughs> that's the right such one. a hard thing to recommend because it's going to depend on everyone's ears. Yeah, it's so subjective. But for me, at least, they they could stay in all day and I would not notice them. Um, they they are a tad bit bigger than the AirPods too, so I think I might feel them a tad more so than if I were to just put on. AirPods 2, but yeah, I really, really am sad they did not bring MagSafe charging to AirPods 2, because after trying the 3s now, I really, really want Apple to keep updating the original design. I don't want them to abandon this, because I know there's people out there probably like Randy, where they're like, this fits, but I can't get anything else to fit. AirPods 3 don't fit well, AirPods Pro wiggle their ways out over time, doesn't matter which suction cup you choose yeah. from. It's like AirPods 2 are just the lightest. And I, from a subjective, non-audiophile, McDonald's-loving Apple sheep, I prefer the sound quality of AirPods 2 still. Oh, wow. Which is bizarre, I know. But I've, I still very much think that the, the overemphasized bass sounds... More impressive, more immersive than what the threes have going for them. I've only used the threes. Do you think it's more immersive than the spatial audio? Spatial audio is so dumb. I hate it. It it feels like the the tech is just bragging about how cool the the tech is. It's not a useful feature to me. Like I I was recording earlier, and when I no, oh my god, not that at all. This is. The polar opposite, because it's non-functional, and it doesn't help at all. Like, I got up earlier. It's LiDAR for your ears. It's (laughs) LiDAR. All right, that's a good title. I like that. (laughs) LiDAR for your ears, because I get up, and it's like, oh, okay, Nick and Randy are talking, and now I can only hear them on this ear. And I'm like, 
what is that supposed to help with? Is it supposed to help me understand like where my laptop is at a given time? <laughs> like I, I know where it is. Like I, maybe if I watched a ton of movies and shows with AirPods in, it would matter more. But I don't. If I watch a movie or a show, I watch it on TV or my iPad with my wife. So we're not we're not doing a bunch of the, and even if I did, it's like just play the sound. In my ear, you don't have to figure out where my head is all the time. Like, which way is he looking? The audio profile should change if he's looking at the ceiling for two seconds. It's like, it is not a selling point to me at all. If anything, it's something I'm I'm actively trying to turn off in FaceTime settings. I'm like, okay, this is annoying. Randy's voice is coming out of my left. Nick's voice is coming out of my right. It, it's just throwing off. The, like, that's Ooh, not how I I, I figured out a way to turn people. that off. Good. What you do is you it's take, not doing it on the take, Mac, but... take one AirPod out, put it in the case, and then it fixes itself. No, <laughs> I hate that feeling. Unfortunately, I, that. it does it naturally, and I'm just gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just probably gonna out. keep it out. Yeah. No, I, I hate. I, I never liked having one pod in. It always makes my yeah. head feel heavier on one side than the other, and there's too much sound, and then too much open sound I, on the other I side. I will say that the AirPods 3 gives my ear breathing room though that the AirPods Pro doesn't. Yes. And I like I do yes. like that. Okay, I, I just I feel like I, I just crapped all over AirPods 3. Let me say the good things about AirPods 3. <laughs> I better sound. Um your 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 preference of bass, note it. And and I think I even was describing it in live time. I mm. could feel the kick coming through on AirPods 2 on on a song where with airpods 3 i didn't feel it i could just hear it i i and i i'm being biased because it, it was one of my songs i know what i was doing trying to rep- represent a certain sound with that frequency yeah and the airpods yeah. 2 just like really <laughs> however right airpods 2 doesn't have a good high end the high end kind of is, is kind of crap right whereas airpods 3 that. fixed that so the sound quality is great when we're doing airpods 2 airpods 3 uh, mm-hmm. the, my, my my overall answer is is airpods pro is the best sounding in ear um next to anything and airpods pro is what i would recommend anybody be that as it may okay randy i can't spend 200 dollars plus on some airpods what do i get okay if you like bassy stuff uh drew is saying that he he likes the sound of that on AirPods 2 more. And I can tell you, I can feel the bass more on AirPods 2. So if you are a bass-heavy kind of listener, AirPods 2. If you like the spatial audio thing, if you, if you feel like, oh, I kind of like the immersion that is happening right there, then there's only one to recommend out of that for, for that scenario. If you like the uh the fit more and this is where it's more subjective and i strongly recommend anybody try try to go to a store and put this in in the left ear this thing doesn't feel like it's in my ear at all so i, I found out i got weird ears <laughs> so that's yeah, what it is i guess we knew <laughs> well quit never mind what are you wearing now nick me was yeah what are you wearing, wearing the Sweeney shirt and a no. white t-shirt oh, and a... thank you okay go ahead Rid. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Is that the Ansonian shirt? <laughs> I think it is. Um, TM. Oh my god. The battery life is better in AirPods Three, so if you're gone yes. for long periods of a time, AirPods That's Three. That's an objective thing. That is an objective thing. Um, so if battery is important to you, AirPods Three, and 
if you care about the adjusting EQ, regardless of how the fit is, then th- that's something that they brought down to there. Oh, and I guess MagSafe. If MagSafe is important to you, that's cool too. But um, so a lot of those things that. are more subjective than it is objective. The only thing I could confidently say objectively besides battery is um, sa- uh, sound uh, sound frequency is is coming in. And cl- the force stem. I would say that I, I, I don't even cat. think about that. I don't use it, but you're absolutely right. Force them is a way, in my opinion, I think it's way better. Yeah. Then. I don't know anybody who does that, <laughs> to be honest. I, I've never done that. And I don't know anyone that's ever, I bet most AirPods wearers don't realize that's a feature, to be honest. I can they see can, that. Like, tap on the side. To yeah. Play and pause stuff. So they just take it out. Uh, that just means that uh, am I keeping AirPods three? Well, if you couldn't tell from my energy, uh, yes, I'm keeping AirPods three. Ooh, okay. <laughs> really? No. No. Oh, okay. okay. No. I was like, that oh no! Sounded I just, like a joke. Here's here's honestly the only reason why, and it's very specific to me. I just got my pros replaced. Remember? So I got bra- oh, right. I got brand new pros. The case is still old, but uh, they gave me mm-hmm. brand new uh, pods. So yeah. Um, in good in good conscience, I, I can't spend a hundred and seventy something just to. Just, no, uh, I I got basically brand new pros, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. run those to the ground. And you said something. I think you said in your live stream. If not, I don't know when or how you said it, but also I what you said, Drew. I, I agree. Um, even if you got the old AirPods two or one. Run it to the ground. Use them for as long as you can. Don't upgrade. Yeah, use them until they don't work. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 upgrade just because there's something new. Because even if you do care about the sound quality, um, the unless their battery degradation has hit it so bad now it's gotten quiet, you might as well. I mean, these are the most expensive pods you would have ever bought anyway at the time. So yeah, get your money's worth out of it. It's not going to resell well. So get your money's worth. Sure. I, I'm also in that weird regard of like, I'm not really sure who to recommend AirPods 3 to because I feel like everyday people don't care about the the EQ or the balance of the headphones. They're just like, can I hear stuff? Okay, good. Then they're, they're done. And if that's the regard, who cares if they prefer heavier bass or a more balanced audio? Just get the cheapest one available. Um, if AirPods 3 were cheaper, I'd recommend those. But 50 bucks more for the Force Stem... Better battery life, uh, the wireless charging case. I guess AirPods 2 you can't get with a wireless case anymore. Mm-hmm. Wireless charging case, um, which is a bit of a bummer. But like to me, the, the running recommendation I've been going with is like if you're in the tech community and you don't care about active noise cancellation, go with AirPods 3 if you, if you care about that type of audio difference. If you're not in the tech community, welcome. To the Talos of Tech podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Why are you listening? But if, if you're outside of the tech community, like if your parents are asking you what they should get or your grandparents want some kind of headphones or, you know, someone who doesn't care about those types of details, I still think AirPods 2 for 130 bucks is a steal. That's really, really good. Um, that's the cheapest I've ever seen Apple-branded wireless headphones sell for. Like, that's pretty impressive. So... Pros, obviously, if you want ANC, which I I happen to fall into that camp. I do as much as AirPods Pro aren't as comfortable as AirPods Three or Two for me. I 
definitely use ANC. It was like a lifesaver on a plane. And um, whenever I'm mowing lawn, it's super duper helpful. So it's not something that I'm comfortable dropping with my daily headphones. Um, Even if I prefer the heavier bass of the two, I'm like, if if we're going on a flight or if I'm mowing the lawn, I'm still going to grab the pros. So my hope is that they don't die on me within the next few years because um, I replaced one bud and the case before my first year ran up. Um, So one of these buds is almost two years old. And they sound fine currently. There's not any issues with them right now, but I have a feeling I'm going to have one in the next year. So I'm worried. But in the meantime, I don't have a use for AirPods 3, basically. I already think it's stupid that I have two pairs of AirPods. I... I don't, I, I probably, if I had to choose one or the other, I would just use AirPods Pro all the time. I just occasionally go back to the twos because they stay in my ears better and hmm. they have the heavier bass, which I like, but um, I could I could live easily with just the pros all the time if I needed to. Did you get AirPods Max, Nick? Or were you split? <laughs> and they're both looking at me like, they just mentioned my name, but my AirPod died. Oh. Wait, can you hear me, Nick? I Nick, can hear both y'all of you. fill time. I'm going to go get my backup AirPods. Okay. Nick? <laughs> okay. So, so um, this uh, AirPods 3 case, I thought it was going to be like AirPods Pro. No, this looks more like a widget. <laughs> yeah, it does look like a widget. It's so tiny. Yeah. It's a I dig the thing. case though, the MagSafe thing was love the so case. nice. I love yeah. that. It just goes right on it. Uh huh. Oh, it's so cool. And it holds its weight. You can even pick it up. I used it on MagSafe Duo yesterday. I just, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. So I wish they would sell AirPods Two with a MagSafe case. Oh my god, that, that would be the one I recommend. Even if the case is like twenty dollars more or something, or ten dollars, whatever. Uh-huh. Get the case. Yeah. Yes. I think... Uh, well, I, I saw a leak that said that AirPods Pro would have a, uh, a external facing speaker on the case that you could ping. I saw that leak. Um, yeah. And find it. And I was like, okay, that's that sounds nifty, like a little pro feature that they couldn't fit into the cheaper models, but would be willing to upsell you on with a $250 pair. So, Sure. That's... That's probably more my route. I'm not saying I'm going to buy and keep it as soon as it comes out, but if I was in the position to want to replace my headphones, that's probably the one I'd be looking at. Yeah. Hi, Nick. Apologies, apologies, guys. That actually wasn't the AirPods' fault. I think FaceTime was bugging out because uh, the other AirPods also weren't working. It was like a really weird, like, low bit rate audio where it was like, yeah, are they? Oh. 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 Was this on your Mac? Mm, no, actually, this is a perfect MacBook that has zero problems. And actually, I was able to use the touch bar to quickly and effectively end the FaceTime call it actually, while I had OBS open. So, no, it's it's FaceTime then because it was happening to me too with Drew talking. Oh, okay. Good. Oh. Well. But when, you, but when you said you couldn't hear me either, I was like, oh, that is something new then, I guess. Because I, I heard Nico, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and well, I was like, I oh, we can hear mm-hmm, when I couldn't hear anything because that's oh, okay. typically how it yeah. works. Yeah, then we, we had a bad FaceTime connect- connection. It means he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, point, it, like, that last no 10 seconds, you, you got very, like, your mouth was moving and only, like, and it's hard. I can't. Oh, weird. Yeah, but we're good. Okay. So, Nick, re- okay. it was so, Nick because he reconnected the call and now we're good. <laughs> it was my fault. Yep. As everything is in life, apparently. Um, you said you were mildly interested in some AirPods Max open box. Yes, I was. And uh, I'm now not. Because there are life circumstances that have changed, mostly. Um, me realizing that the AirPods 2, no, Pro. AirPods Pro are just fine. Um, I still have, a, so I bought AirPods Pro when they came out. I didn't like them. I returned it very publicly. And then... Yep. Uh, in March of 2020, right before the world ended, like a few days before the world ended, I got AirPods Pro again. And, and uh, I have no recognition of this day. I know, right? Me neither. Um, and I got <laughs> Apple Care on that. So I still have Apple Care until I believe the end of next year um, on them. Oh, good. So I've been wow. kicking around the idea of seeing if I can get them replaced because the battery is significantly degraded i'm getting maybe two and a half hours or so on each pod yeah which that sucks it's not as bad as i i had my og pair of airpods was down to you know measured in minutes instead of hours but uh <laughs> it was it's not bad hummingbird battery life <laughs> i just got i got used to that song yeah break it down <laughs> break it down um, yeah so I'm, I'm not interested in AirPods 3 at the moment AirPods Pro are working out just fine for me um, from what I've seen and heard which uh, admittedly is very limited amounts of seeing and hurting um, they look great <laughs> and they sound good um, and if I have a friend who has one and wants to let me uh, try them out real quick I'll try give them a try but I'm not interested enough to go out and review them um, if the because... if the fit does fit in your ear or anybody's ear, I think uh, most people it, it's a strong it's a strong yes about like they should get these ones just for the battery health and, and mm-hmm. the case and yeah. the tech that comes with it for uh, spatial and the adaptive EQ. I, I think it's a strong. I think they're all valid strong selling points. But my God, it needs yeah. to fit. <laughs> and right, that's I, that I, so I tried a non tech. Uh, Drew, I was like, I went to my wife. I was like, hey, try these. And I didn't say no, just put them on. And she, okay, because she has AirPods too. So she grabs it and she goes, okay, puts it in. Ew, <laughs> it's so big. And she took it out of me, like, nope. <laughs> She's like, AirPods too. Nope. I'm like, okay, that answered my question. I just wanted to gauge it. Yeah. If there's any Apple executives listening to this show, like usual, um, I would recommend you continue selling the AirPods 2 design. Or, honestly, I wouldn't mind it if they kept the, the two the same pod design but updated the stem mm. so that we could retain the comfortability that a lot of people like about the you know original AirPod design but without the tapping. Because I, I do prefer this look of the like the shorter curved stem. AirPods 2 look huge now with the giant cylindrical stems sticking out like they, they look kind of dated but the they're they're tested and proven like I'm, I'm having a hard time beating these unless you just need the a and c yeah um 
and I know a lot of a lot of people in my personal life that still use the the originals, and not that many people that use pros. So shame. It's, it's such a good. I, the more I try other things, the more I appreciate AirPods Pro. It's a shame. If I always say it's to your advantage if you can live with less, you know. That's you, true. <laughs> if you can get by, if you can get by with something that's cheaper and it doesn't bother you, that's that's money saved. You know. Yeah. We're if, all. We're all lost with side effects of noticing things and appreciating certain features. It's like you guys with the touch bar. I never had it, so I can't miss what I what I never had. <laughs> but mm-hmm. having touch bar on iPad now it really messes with me because I like using it. So I'm like, oh my god, I would have liked the touch bar if I ever got it. And so I'm yeah. glad I just completely <laughs> dodged that because I I you, saw you, it was adaptive. I'm like, oh no, this is dangerous. No, no. <laughs> So something that I found just a, a few days ago, um, my good friend Scott, who's been on this podcast before, he's much more of a fan of the MacBook Pro than either of you guys are, apparently. Um, Never heard of him. He was telling me about just how amazing the fact that the touch bar is gone, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad the like, physical keys are there and whatever. And I was <laughs> like, why didn't I just let Steve Jobs give my argument on the touch bar? And I'm going to insert this little clip from Steve into the show here, which, yes, means I do need to edit it. And what's wrong with their user interfaces? Well, the problem with them is really sort of in the bottom 40 there. It's, it's this stuff right here. They all have these keyboards that are there whether you need them or not to be there. And they all have these control buttons that are fixed in plastic and are the same for every application. Well, every application wants a slightly different user interface, a slightly optimized set of buttons just for it. And what happens if you think of a great idea six months from now? You can't run around and add a button to these things. They're already shipped. So what do you do? It doesn't work because the buttons and the controls can't change. They can't change for each application, and they can't change down the road if you think of another great idea you want to add to this product. So, Drew, if you want to debate with Steve, by all means, go right ahead. I'd love to. Okay, all right, Uh, go for it. your current MacBook Pro is guilty of the same problem. It is. It still has a keyboard which with why I, plastic I would, physical I would, buttons I would, that I would you can't change. much rather have a fully screen on the, on the bottom case and no, no keyboard. Yeah. I, but your, argument, can, your argument is that the touch bar shouldn't be there? Like, why wouldn't if it? You're gonna, I'm saying either go all in or don't, don't bother. Cause at least the, the touch, touch bar, bar was out, a step in the right direction. I said it's a step in a direction I cared about, but then they started selling physical keyboards for iPads. And I was like, okay, now what are we doing? Because this is a step by your logic, direction. Nick, you should be yeah. using an iPad, not a Mac. This is true. If only Apple allowed you to run macOS on the dang iPad, I'd be all over it. <laughs> dang it. Virtual keyboards never bothered me. They bother a lot of people, but I've, I've been totally fine without my Magic Keyboard case on the iPad. I'm totally fine typing on a touchscreen, but... As far as I've seen, Apple has heard people's response that they like physical keys, they like something they can click and press, so it makes sense for them to not go to the touch bar or all virtual Since when does Apple listen method. to the people? Apple tells the people what they want. Ugh. <laughs> I guess uh, by the people, you know, there's, there's people in charge at Apple that have discovered we want this, and we think lots of other people do. Nah. So, as the people of Apple change, as we no longer have Johnny Ive, we no longer have Phil Schiller, the 
approach has changed to this is what Apple wants. It's just not the same Apple that we had 20 years ago. <laughs> you have, you have to be open for change, Nick. You have to adjust with no. the times. No. I don't think an Apple s- sheep or a Schiller sheep? Oh. I am a Johnny sheep. I'm a Johnny sheep all the way. <laughs> Because I think Johnny Ive uh, would have would have wanted a full screen keyboard on the bottom half of the MacBook, mm-hmm. and, or or macOS. I'm a love from sheep. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> you can buy all of Love From's new products, but <laughs> I will I will agree. I do miss having it on my current MacBook. Okay, good, good. It's still a great machine, but I it feels weird not having a Touch Bar there because I'm, I'm so gentleman. If you like to do this, or that, or even that, and you want to stay with it, Emery's got your back, or your shoulder, or your hip, or your knee. Our sports medicine specialists treat more world-class, professional, and college-level athletes than anyone else in the state. We'll treat you like a pro and get you back in play. That's the Emory difference. Make an appointment at emoryhealthcare.org sports. Lately, my family has gotten a little behind on our doctor visits, but this year, that's changing. We're making health a priority with Emory Healthcare. My husband got the knee replacement he's been putting off. My mom is getting a heart procedure that Emory pioneered, and I scheduled my annual mammogram. And with so many virtual visit options, we are getting it done in 21. Make your health a priority at emoryhealthcare.org slash healthfirst. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vacasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Benning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Benning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On Election Day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Benning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Benning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. 
she spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On election day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. The holidays are coming. The holidays are coming. It's all good. The Georgia Hemp Company, with locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs, has a full line of your favorite CBD and hemp products to keep you cool and calm. Like lotions, oils, and beverages. They also have a full line of CBD for your pets. The Georgia Hemp Company offers full consultations, samples, and Georgia's finest CBD. Visit their three Atlanta locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs. Or check out thegeorgiahempcompany.com. Georgia's finest CBD. This episode is brought to you by Southern Company. Southern Company is making energy smart and sustainable for their 9 million customers across the country. Southern Company, building the future of energy. Learn more at southerncompany.com slash future. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Benning is running for APS school board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Benning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On election day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. Lately, my family has gotten a little behind on our doctor visits, but this year, that's changing. We're making health a priority with Emory Healthcare. My husband got the knee replacement he's been putting off. My mom is getting a heart procedure that Emory pioneered. And I scheduled my annual mammogram. And with so many virtual visit options, we are getting it done in 21. Make your health a priority at emoryhealthcare.org slash healthfirst. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Picasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. For 40 years, Michael Myers has haunted this town. He is the essence of evil, and evil dies tonight. Halloween Kills, rated R, under 17, not admit without parent, in theaters and streaming only on Peacock now. Shall we talk about uh, my MacBook Pro? Oh, have Have you you ordered ordered one yet? No, not yet. 
But oh, okay. then we, we can't talk about your MacBook year. Pro. Well, it, <laughs> I I now that we've had a healthy uh, a healthy time of people posting their videos and it being out there and, and now they're not first impressions. People are, are getting full on with it. I went to an Apple store earlier this week and I Ooh. got hands on with a 14 and nice. 16 inch and it answered all my dying bleeding questions that Drew wouldn't be able to answer because because he only had the 16 inch. I will tell yeah. you, first off, the 16 inch is the better MacBook Pro. Ooh. I, I'd say it's highly subjective, but for me, no. yes. <laughs> no. It has better speakers with the Ooh. same quality of sound. It has louder speakers. You do not need, and this is where now need and want. You do not need an external monitor with the screen real estate of the 16-inch. It is huge. 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 Unless your name is, <laughs> unless your name is Drew and you like to have Discord. <laughs> I was gonna say. Wait. Unless your name is Drew and you like to have Discord and Twitter and YouTube and th- and seventeen things up all at once, even though your eyes can only look at one thing at a time. It's uh, not even that. It's just live streaming. Live stream. I just listen. The chat and OBS. I I spent some time with the promotion, and hmm. I can confidently say. I'm going to be docking this thing, regardless of whichever size. <laughs> like, I, I know I know that the promotion's cool. I like, I like the design language of the curved corners and stuff. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to brass tax gentlemen, uh, it's going to be docked most of the time. And the times that it's not, it's going to serve its purpose as a standalone device. I doubt I'll be doing much streaming or something that requires that much stream real estate for long periods of time. It's like that you're like, you don't need an external monitor. Mine's going to be docked. But mine's going to be docked. (laughs) Um, Well, with the 16-inch, that thing, thing, I opened up, uh, side-by-side opened up Logic. And Mm -hmm. all the extra tracks that you can add and and show right there, I was like, yep, that's useful. Open up Final Cut. On the side, all the extra like data that you would have for your project files and then the events and the library and all that stuff, cool. But what really matters is the timeline and then your preview window. But the timeline is going to be yep. the same regardless. But the preview window, now that's different because now you're looking at something that's rendering in live time and you could see mm-hmm. in playback right there. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, your screen is either going to be this big or this big. But it's still your, – your, your preview window in Final Cut is either this size or this size. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's not really that much of a deal breaker in regard – like either way, you're going to get a good device and still better and bigger than the 13-inch MacBook Air that I have or anybody who has a 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yes. Uh, it's – regardless, you're getting more screen real estate and brighter displays and fluidity and all that and the other. Um so I ran it through all the things that would be like day-to-day stuff. And uh, the 16-inch MacBook Pro could replace high-end desktops like that. Not even a question. It is. It, is, it has. Dare I say perfect. Mm. Ooh, that's a, that's a hefty word there, Andy. Be careful. I Pretty just, close. It, I, that's why I say dare I say 
But three USB C ports. Perfect. No. Perfect. Far Perfection. from it. Perfection. Perfection. Three from dongles. Um, <laughs> with that though, I'm gonna get the 14 inch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just confused the crap out of me, man. Uh, the, 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 like, the, this the, is so good. The, I, it's not for me though. <laughs> no, it is for me. Um, but it's not. It's. I'm, I spec'd out. I've I've concluded to two different specs that I have to decide on. and I have not decided on yet. I am gonna get the 14 inch because when I'm on the go, I'm gonna have AirPods in, so I don't care about the speakers. I care about mobility. The 16 inch is so heavy. Oh my god, it's so heavy. I picked up the 14 inch with one hand. I'm like, okay, still heavy, but way more relaxing on my soon to be arthritis wrists than <laughs> carrying the 16 inch MacBook Pro. So, uh, mobility sake of it, the 14 inch is more accommodating for the stuff that I do. And I'm going to have AirPods or some type of headphones in. If, if I'm doing music stuff, I'm going to have my over ears on. So, very. Rarely will I do playing sound straight from the speakers, and when I do, it's not because I'm doing a sound check quality on. Oh, let me hear the let me hear the range from the 500 and 600 hertz. I I, I don't care about that part. Um, yeah, the battery all the same. Uh, again, give it to the 16 inch. Uh, definitely, that's that's the 16 inch is what the 13 Pro Max is to the 13 Pro being yes. the 14 inch, and so as in you'll regret getting it. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I, I've I've come to terms with the 13 Pro for for what it for what it is for me. Um, okay, but the 14 inch offers all the same specs, cheaper, and hmm. I, I I I've made the fundamental decision that I choose price over anything else. Hmm. And even though I budget it for five thousand, I'm going over budget by two hundred dollars if I get the the specs that I want on the 16 inch, and that's me using. Yeah. Uh, the, the the military discount. I'm still going to be out of pocket over two hundred dollars over budget, and I, I'm not going to. I don't want to budge on that. With the fourteen inch, now I'm within range regardless. However, do I want the Pro or do I want the Max chip? Every single person who's tried both has said the Pro is good enough if you're not doing GPU intensive things and the type of Photo, uh, not photo, but video editing that I would do with effects and render, it does not require to have a max chip. So, I would say nothing, pretty much nothing requires a max chip. ProRes, high bit it's rate, mainly there for high bit rate those who are, night. yeah, it, it's there for those who are time crunched above all and are just like any second you can shave off. I need. Yeah, no, that's 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 not me. That's not my lifestyle. I'm I'm a Cal. Even right. though I'm not home, no, I'm a, I'm a Californian. I'm a chill dude. Whatever, yeah. man. Hey, no, I think M1 render Pro is perfect for your workflow. What what I would not compromise is RAM. So 32 gigs is mm-hmm. is more than enough, and that's me future proofing what would happen because eight gigs right now in the air gave me enough to have minimal issues with Logic. Me being uh, right. aggressive with it. 16 is the base now. And that's not going to give me issues, but future-proofing, 32, ah. So then I look at the storage. SSD is 8 terabytes, and I lot for that. I'm within budget. However, um, I'm not getting rid of my externals SSDs that I have. So if I did bump it down to uh, to 4 terabytes... Storage will save you the most, by far. Say again? 
Store, uh, uh, storage, downgrading yeah. your storage will save much more money. Like I was comparing, if I would have opted for the M1 Pro versus Max, thanks to the six percent cash back bug, <laughs> I would save less than two hundred dollars if wow. I would get the Pro. Wow! So I, it's not a big <laughs> savings for me to not get the Max at this point. So yeah, but the storage, storage though, is if a I opted thing. for four terabytes instead of eight, I'd save like a grand. Right out the door, taxes and all for com- for shipping it out here. I'm either looking at a 14-inch, uh, four gigs, four ter- sorry, four terabytes of <laughs> four gigs, four, four, just four gigabytes, four, four terabytes out the door would be uh, 37.55. Not enough space. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, that's a good. I think that's a good deal, Randy. If I, I d- would, even in your case, I wouldn't even say that uh, you you need the the non-binned M1 Pro. I think you could get by with. Uh, 14 core GPU. Personally, well, there is no bending on the on the configuration that I would get because it's still going to be. Uh, hang on, I'm looking at I'm yeah, t- yeah no, 10 t- cores. There's, there's been 14 inch. There is oh mm-hmm. 14 yeah, inch. I thought the... you talked about 14 core. I was like, wait, what? No, <laughs> no, like uh, the base model yeah. M1 Pro has a yeah, it has it has a been uh, eight eight core instead of ten, but fourteen core GPU, fourteen core GPU instead of sixteen. Oh, oh. I think I think that would still cover you personally if you want to save more potentially. I, I, I'll price <laughs> that out. So as it is, if I get the non-bend one, thirty-seven fifty-five. If I get eight terabytes instead of four terabytes, forty-nine ten. Puts me puts me ninety dollars below budget. So what I wow. had to write out in in plain text, <laughs> guys, I had to say eleven fifty five difference for four terabytes more of SSD. The question I have to answer is: Is that worth it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Price is important to me, and um, if I can save uh, twelve hundred dollars, a little over twelve hundred dollars of my budget and reallocate that money to literally anything else uh investments uh i don't know new new camera lenses who cares if i could just if i can allocate that towards something else that's cool uh-huh. uh, i just needed to know if there was a substantial performance difference between the different uh variances between the pro and the max and were there a difference between the 14 and 16 inch Watching all these side-by-side comparisons and taking everything with a grain of salt, knowing that these are ideal conditions and blah, 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 blah. It, confidently, you could say that the 14 and the 16 inch are neck and neck exactly the same. It's the max and the pro chip that will be different. And even then, the, the, the max is so far ahead of its time. It, it's, it's actually a testament of how great these chips are. I have to bring it to, back down to let's get to the real level. Has the N1 regular given me any issues? No. My issue. Right. That's why I tell. I think you could shave another four hundred dollars. <laughs> My issue was RAM and storage. Okay, yeah. I found a way to fix that. Your boy's happy, man. I'm good for the next three, four, five years, easy. Then sure. Yeah, I think so. So you think I should I even think... go a step lower and, and drop it even more? It would kind of be interesting. Not that this really matters, but if from the podcast coverage perspective, sure, to have like. This is as bad as the M1 Pro can be, and it's still amazing. Based uh, on the comparisons I've seen from different channels talking about even the binned 
option. They're they're extremely impressed considering M1 was already insanely good. Now you're adding in more performance cores and mm-hmm. two cores out of the GPU. Come on, like <laughs> yeah for for what you're doing, I think I think it would cover it fine. My only my only hesitance on doing that for podcast coverage issues is I feel like I've done that experiment long enough with the MacBook Air. This is the worst MacBook Air I can have. And <laughs> and and it's the worst of the worst of the worst of the M1 chip as a whole. It's as a the M chip. MacBook Air at that, right? It's only seven cores. I, I have the worst of the worst and I'm working fine. I have the worst right. chip, the worst specs, and <laughs> we've been the good all year. Ap- uh, Mac Apple Silicon. And, and it will never be this bad ever again. Like it's only... Yes. So... I, I I can confidently say that anything that even if I got something equal to this, my issue was not that the MacBook Air was fine. I I remember telling you guys and I stand by it. I only wanted to upgrade that MacBook Air if they brought back legacy ports, and they did. I use yep. the SD card and I use HDMI. So let I haven't used HDMI a single time yet. I've used the SD card. I've I can also attest I have not used a single dongle with this laptop. <laughs> Minimalism. Take that one, Nicholas. Typically, I would have to to plug in uh, my (laughs) podcast mic, but the onboard mics are that good. You fool. This whole show, for real this time. You fool. (laughs) It's all with the onboard mics, which uh, some people thought sounded better. I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Now that you've come (laughs) clean about this, did you, the video you put out yesterday or today... Did you... Nothing today. Okay, then yesterday, your tech video you put out, was that filmed on your iPhone or was that filmed on the Mac? It was ProRes on the iPhone. Mm. Even audio? Is is iPhone audio? Uh, Yes. Yeah, it was all iPhone. No no external microphone. And I'm convinced that the reaction from the audience convinced me that I don't care about um, if the iPhone 14 gets better video performance because i'm like even with prores which i noticed right away actually i didn't think it would make a difference on the phone i did a test shot i've been so busy reviewing the macbooks and the airpods i didn't get a chance to try out prores on the iphone and i just did a test video because i wanted to see how long the airdrop would take to get from the phone to the mac so i recorded a one minute video just like a vlog with prores and then i watched it back and i was like is this 1080p because it looks 4k it's like ultra sharp off the phone display. I could tell right away. It's like this is really, really vivid. And it was 60 frames a second because I was like 1080 at 60 is a good middle ground for me. And basically the airdrop time for those curious, if you record ProRes 1080 at 60, it's about a second a second. So a 10-minute video That's good to, know. to airdrop it to the Mac took about 10 minutes, which isn't great but it's it's tolerable especially if you're using it for like cutaway shots if you're like editing something yeah a quick video okay that video is 10 seconds it'll take 10 seconds to airdrop um cool but the reaction from the audience was is this recorded on the macbook webcam and (laughs) you got the colors wrong didn't color correct it by the way or (laughs) someone's like you turned up the sharpness too much. So oh, people's reaction was not overly positive by switching from a video. Um, I've done cinematic mode in the past, and I got more positive reactions out of that. 
Well, that's because you just like, look sexy when you have a blurred background. <laughs> Whenever there's a blurred background, people are like, whoa, what did you do? You look so cool. But just regular ProRes, you know, you can't cheat physics of the, the smartphone lens. And mm-hmm. that means everything's in focus. Um, I will agree, though, it would be interesting if they did cinematic mode with ProRes at 4K at 60. That would probably be the best possible image you could pull out of an iPhone, but um, even then, um, I think people can still tell. Like, it's it's a noticeable thing of like, okay, the truth is still there that if you're in a pinch and you need to film something, you can do it on an iPhone, but people will notice it's an iPhone, and people will still be able to prefer a, a dedicated camera because it's got a full-size sensor, um, it's got a real lens, it's got actual depth, it's not artificial depth, and ProRes is very, very impressive smartphone videography, but it's not enough to change the game for me, at least, based on how people reacted, because for one, it takes forever to share the file, um, much, much faster to just record it to my SD card, slide it in, import, and the reaction... The reaction from audiences is always interesting to me. I love filming a video on something different and just seeing people guess because it tells me a lot about what people prioritize with their viewing experience. Like, if you tell them it's ProRes, now they're going to be pixel peeping. Oh, okay, it's very sharp or whatnot. But if you just film a regular video, don't address it and post it and see what people think. It shows me how little people really care or notice <laughs> when you're getting reactions of, is this on a webcam or is this on a phone? <laughs> it's like, they don't know. Basically, average consumer sees blurred That's background. That's quite the difference background. between a webcam yeah. like this or yeah. an actual camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's... The, the fundamental truth is just that, like, the iPhone is a decent substitute, but not, not a replacement. So, that makes me go, okay, ProRes is interesting. I think it's really great for close-ups. Hmm. I notice it pulling out a ton more detail when you film things close, but that just doesn't fit my tech video's A-roll very well. Yeah. Because I'm a decent distance. Just do macro mode on your so. eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> just do a whole tech video with my face <laughs> filling the entire camera that'd be funny but um i'm i'm very impressed with the macbook microphones and the webcam quality and i love that i can turn on portrait mode um when i'm live streaming now um and i love that it doesn't have the the variable aperture problem of the imac pro like whenever i would record though you'd see the brightness flicker whenever i just move my head around it would be like whereas the isp on the macbook is so smooth everything like it's instant, like the the aperture. The I know it's not really an aperture, but the ISO. dynamic range adjusts instantly as soon as I turn off my studio light. Like it's, it doesn't take the time to go clink, 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 like the iMac Pro did. So, as much as people say image signal processor, who cares? It's like I notice it because I use webcams a lot, and this is something that I'm planning to. I, I want to travel as light as possible in the future, so having a machine that still has great battery and although I've discovered OBS will bring all batteries to their knees. It doesn't matter. How <laughs> <it is. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, this is the third podcast I've recorded today. I started at a hundred percent and I didn't have it plugged in this morning. So 
I recorded movie reviews, and then we recorded EV, and that was four, I think, four hours in, it was already down to like 9%, 8%. I am FaceTiming and recording in OBS, but... It's much better than the M1 MacBook Air did back when I had that. I I did streams with that, and pretty much it's near impossible to ever do like a one hour or 90 minute live stream on a laptop on battery power. But my MacBook Pro did it. When I when I did my live stream yesterday, I went, I, I started at like 92%, and then I did a 94 minute live stream, and it was at 47. So... The fact that on a single charge it can sustain an entire live stream and then I still have juice left over to edit a video. Video editing is insanely good. It's like it barely it barely goes down as I'm exporting. I'm, I'm so used to whenever you export a video, your battery just instantly drops really quick. So the battery's already like not quite cutting it for every daily use because I consider myself a fairly heavy user. I'm doing a lot of several video exports, several live streams, podcast recording. So it's, that's why I really am preferring the 16 inch just because I need the best battery possible because I know this one isn't even getting it through the day. So I got a, I still got a plan for a charger, um, to be nearby. And, um, most of the time I've been able to charge everything off the 30 watt brick, but until we started doing this podcast, um, when it got down to 9%, I think like halfway through EV, I, I plugged it in with the 30 watts, and it was still going down. It was like 8, 7, 6. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to get the 140-watt brick. Because I don't I don't have a bigger brick than 30, other than the one that the MacBook came with. So just just as we started recording today is the first time I've actually used it. And it, it does fast charge, oh my god. Even while recording, record, yeah, it's at 100% now. So um, it didn't take it long, but that, that 140 watts is no joke. It charges it up fast, so I'm going to take it off the charger now. But I'm just babying it. It's in its like, oh my god, what have we done? We've spent too much money on a computer. And, and we're in the phase of like, oh, I can't eat at the desk now. Um, I wash my wow. hands before I use it. Um, I'm trying. Is to this? A, is are you trial? Are are you doing a dry run of what it will be like when you're away from home? Is that why you're doing all this not docked, going off the thing? No, no, no yeah, plugged in. Like I want to know if if I'm in a situation where I'm not near a power outlet, like how how much can I do? Can I edit? Basically, I've discovered that on a full charge, I can edit two videos and export them and do a 90 minute live stream before needing to plug in again. So you can work. Usually my. So, yeah, Drew, what method of transportation here. are you thinking you're going to be taking most of the time? I mean, it sounds like road trips, right? It seems to be at least Not some always. Of them. I mean, several... It's probably pretty half and half. Okay, half the so time on the road flight, trips, I can fix driving. half of them. On the road trips, I recommend you picking up one or two of these absolutely <laughs> enormous batteries that you cannot take on airplanes because yeah. it'll charge your Mac at 100 watts and... Uh, it, it charges, does. It, it charges does my Mac three times. It does. 100 That's hundred watt. Output. Yep, hundred put hundred wow. watt output max. Um, it God. is uh, thirty five thousand six hundred milliamp hours. <laughs> my God, so, highly recommend these. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a situation where I need more power than the no. MacBook can handle, I'd, I'd probably be in the market for it. But I'm pretty confident I'll have access to power at least when I go to sleep. Okay. So yeah. 
at least once a day. It's, yeah, but I'm I'm doing my best to research what the best charging habits is. Most mm. have said that leaving it plugged in all the time is fine. Um, but I was I was torn on whether or not should I use the thirty watt most of the time and only use one forty when I absolutely need it. And I can't get a straight answer. Some people are saying thirty watts better because it doesn't fast charge and fast charge heats up the battery. And other people are saying you should use 140 because then it can comfortably power the whole Mac instead of requiring some battery power and some wall power, which is what the 30 watt. But I keep running into situations where the 30 watt is enough. Um, but podcast, this is the first time I've podcasted with the MacBook, and this seems to be the thing that brings it to its knees. If you record and FaceTime for like. Are you Five, are you hours. even using the webcam as your video feed? Yep. Nice. Yep. You're doing. You guys everything. are seeing what? Oh, really? The audience will see. Oh, that's wow. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I can't wait to do so, that experience. Yeah, I didn't want to keep using the iMac Pro once I did a live stream on this. I was like, this looks objectively better. I get the portrait mode, which the iMac Pro can't. It looked do. good. You need Apple Silicon for that feature, and the flickering of the of the lighting with the iMac Pro was bugging at least 10 people complained about it but it was kind of bugging me because they pointed it out so the <laughs> fact that this doesn't have that and I can I can live stream and pick up the laptop and go other places haven't noticed a big detriment in bandwidth by not having Ethernet either hmm. I thought that would be a problem so Drew yes, I want to give you my two cents about this whole battery health thing that has you on alert the, the the system knows when it's docked and and running and when it's not right. Yes. We, and I'm pretty sure we talked yeah. about this before. Um, I would, if I were you, well, actually, I'm I'm, I'm taking my own advice. This is going to be me when I get mine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to use uh, the, the MagSafe as is because as we speak right now, I've been sitting at eighty two percent, and. It just has it the plugged in icon, not the lightning, because it knows I'm docked. And mm-hmm. you can go in and tell it to stop charging it and just to hold its charge if you think it's juicing. Because it, it's only going to hurt your battery. That feedback about like it's going to heat up the battery when it's giving it juice. Um, if that is the case, and I don't, and I'm not convinced that is the case. But if it is, you can have it cap off like you would. An EV. I'm, I wanted to stop at 90 or 80 or whatever. You're, it can stop at 50 for all I care. Just as long as it's not going to mm-hmm. push it to its extreme, then have it have it stop right there. Honestly, though, with, with in regards to performance, whether it's pulling power from the battery or the wall, I don't think that's the part that's going to hurt the battery uh, long term more so than it is uh, the, the constant um, uh, feeding it through. Uh, it's life cycles. That's obviously that's what's gonna bring the the, the battery down. That's unavoidable for and, me. And that's like it's it's gonna get used like crazy every single day with streaming and editing. Like I know I can't limit the cycles. That's then that's a given. Then then get get yourself situated to have MagSafe do its job and give you the power then for when you need it because that's exactly why you got the bigger battery anyway to elongate the the longevity of. of of your of the health of the battery or or the or the life of the battery. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I'm taking a, a very mm, approach to things lately now in the last couple of years. <laughs> it, like, it, it, what is that approach called again? Uh, mm. A little. 
I because I genuinely on most things do not care about battery health. Sure. Like my treat iPad, the MacBook as no different. In. The MacBook trust trust that it knows what it's doing. It knows how to allocate its uh, its power energy. Um, the only time I would worry about I guess it. That's what I'm mostly doing. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I would worry about it, and I and from what I'm hearing, I think I heard from you. I don't know, but if you're gonna do peak performance, then obviously that means that you're gonna put it in. Maximum overdrive, change it to Wombo, <laughs> yes. and give it, it. Change it to Wombo. Change it to Wombo, yeah. and now and now, you know, yeehaw, let it go. But uh, honestly, that's I think since iPhone 11 Pro, I stopped tracking that stuff because mm. the, 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 these these systems are smart enough now to know how to mitigate all of it to uh, i i trust that it knows how to do longevity of it yeah um yeah, I, I'm, I'm that I, way too i am not in the camp that apple is trying to hurt its products to make you upgrade sooner i i no longer believe that and i look no further than i never believed it but at yeah. one point i did but once i saw you know i look no further than the iphones still getting upgrades se first gen still getting upgrades yeah I'm like, yeah. Wait a minute. This is silly. Yeah, I I don't believe that anymore. So that's that's my, that's my stance. And so because of that, tr- no. tr- tr- trust I'm... trust your machine knows what it's doing to to protect itself long term. Right. Most of this week, obviously, I was using the 30 watt brick, and it was charging it, and it wasn't draining power even while editing. Um, I just figured I'm comfortable leaving it plugged in all the time because I do trust the machine knows what it's doing. It's just if. I have both. I have a 140 watt brick and I have a 30 watt brick, and I'm gonna leave it plugged in a lot. Which one is going to hurt it the most in the long haul? Even if it's a small detail, even if it's a small difference, and it it it's, is something I plan on owning for five plus years. So I'm probably gonna thank myself more in five years. Right now, I don't think it'll make a difference. I don't even think it'll make a difference in the next three years. Um, however, I charge it. Just I, I trust that it's gonna preserve the battery best it can. I just wondered. That's why I was asking people, and I can't get a straight answer, which one uh, is going to result in technically better battery health. Because I can't avoid the high cycle life. This is going to get used five, six times a a week, all day, and it's going to get probably a full cycle in every day for years and years and years. So if there's any slight edge I can give it by going with 30 instead of 140, is the 140 watt... This is the first time. Today is the first time I've needed to use the 140 um, I feel so, so honored. Is, <laughs> is the is the one forty watt brick just for recording podcasts? And should I use thirty watt the rest of the time, or should I just use one forty all the time? How lucky are we? <laughs> are you sold yet, but Nick? The performance? Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. So I, I was looking. I was. I, I've been avoiding most of the YouTube reviews of this computer. Um, most. most of them, uh, because I don't want my whole feed to become reasons why to buy this terrible computer. I actually don't even look at it in the thumbnails. It's, it's <laughs> disgusting to look at. But that said, I've watched your video, Drew, on how fast it did uh, your timeline exports. Impressive, very yes. much so. I also watched Max Tech's comparison to the M1 MacBook Air, I believe, one of the M1 laptops. And... Um, that video really showed me the only time I would ever need the an, an, anything more than the current M1 processor is if I ever switched to recording video in 4K ProRes. Um, 
if if I if I do make that switch, which it is on the roadmap at the moment to upgrade cameras that will record 4K at 160 frames a second ProRes, um, then I will definitely need, unfortunately, um, hopefully a Mac Mini that has the <laughs> M1 Max uh, with the. What about extra- the iMac Pro? Uh, mm. If there's any way to get this chip that isn't in the MacBook, I will heavily consider that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Mac Mini, I'm not certain, is happening yeah, based I'm, on I'm, Randy's I, yeah. prediction. I'd but, agree with Randy. Uh, iMac Pro, I, I have a lot of faith in because Ross Young is reporting on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should we should do more separation of analyst and leaker. Mm. I think mm. there should be a separation. Hang there, on. There isn't really I'm with you, Drew. Give me a second. All right, go. <laughs> I saw you grab your pencil. Ross so. Young, Ming Chi Kuo are mm. analysts. Mm. I see. So <laughs> I I trust them. It's bet, I don't know. I have immense respect for Ross Young after the 120 hertz on the MacBook thing because literally no one else had said it. And like three days before, he's like, oh, yeah, it's 120. And I Ross was like, is the man. I like him. Don't be playing with me, Ross. And he's like, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm just you made, telling you what you made a, You made a veiled threat covered in entertainment saying, I will not forget <laughs> this if you are wrong. I will never forgive and I don't forget <laughs> if, if you're wrong. And he wasn't wrong. So I will not stop crediting him until he is objectively like really, really wrong on something. And so far he hasn't been. So the fact that he's saying there's a 27-inch iMac with mini LED and 120 hertz planned for next year. I'm mildly curious because I'll I'll admit one complaint I do have. I, I have very little complaints with this new MacBook. It's funny because Randy was saying earlier, you don't need an external monitor if you get the 60 days. It feels very crammed. <laughs> the, dis- okay. the display feels. I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. <laughs> Which is. The primary reason I didn't want to go for a 14-inch, uh, the battery life is helpful, but um, already just editing in Final Cut and live streaming with the chat and OBS and the stream health sections and all the things I'm I'm trying to maintain, even with Sidecar, it's like, man, this is a small screen, and yet I'm hearing all these people like, oh, this screen is so huge. I'm like, every time I, I need to grab something like an intro or an outro or the music, to airdrop it to the MacBook, I'll go on my iMac Pro and be like, whoa, I can breathe again. This is so much better. <laughs> so what you're saying, Drew, the, is Apple needs to make a good monitor. I would be very interested in an Apple-branded, because I hate all of the third-party ones me mm-hmm. and Randy have looked at. And yeah. I, I don't like the design of the chassis. I'm sure the panel is fine. That doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. Yep. I can live with 1440p. That's not a big deal. Um, but they all have... A little bit of a chin. They all have these big gamer aesthetics on the back because RGB Apple lights. people have never been Ooh. in the market for high refresh rate monitors. Hopefully there's an uptick in that so a few companies can be like, hey, you don't have to make everything red with giant blades that try to make it look like an F-22 <laughs> every time you design a monitor. You know, you can make just a clean, thin, bezeled, high refresh rate Is monitor. Is target That's display fine. mode still a thing? Not on the new ones, but... Moder- uh, Monterey includes AirPlay on the Mac, so <gasps> I haven't done this yet because I've been recording all morning, but last night Ooh. I I hadn't used my iMac Pro much, so I just checked settings. I was like, is there an update? And it's like, Monterey is available. I was like, oh yeah, right, that, that came out. <laughs> so I hit upgrade. So the iMac Pro, 
I haven't even turned it on today. I don't know if it's installed it. Oh, it, oh, it hasn't yet. Um, it's like to begin the installation. So I might end up using my iMac Pro temporarily as an external monitor for the MacBook. That sounds like I a perfect job hertz. for an Intel chip, honestly. this is what an intel mac is good for it'll basically become a dedicated monitor for because i do prefer editing with a mouse i've been editing with the trackpad i haven't paired i don't know if you guys have experience with this but as soon as you connect a magic mouse to another mac it will literally never connect to another mac again it's like, no, what What do I connect to? And you're like, no, connect to this one. And it's like, ah, sorry. Luckily, the MacBook has a trackpad to fall back on, but the iMac has nothing. So you can't go into the iMac Bluetooth settings yep. when you don't have the mouse connected unless you get another mouse, which... A lightning cable. Funny enough, I don't have one. I, I don't have a oh, secondary mouse. Oh, wait, mouth. you use those so, kinds of mice. Oh, yeah, you can't even use... Oh, I'm so sorry, Drew. You can't Drew. plug this in via wired. No. Nope. Oh, I'm so sorry, Drew. That's so, why you get the trackpad for the desktops. That's the far superior input Well, I've got method. a trackpad now, but if universal wrong, control wrong, is wrong, a thing... Wrong, How can you say so much wrong in two episodes, Nick? I don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> I want universal control, because then I could I yeah. could just use my magic mouse I on use the it all the time and, with my G4 Cube. Look at this. Didn't you have to like lock it into a certain beta? And it is still on beta? all the certain betas at the moment. I, I But I know it's... I, I think I heard rumors, or I saw... Probably about a week ago, someone on Twitter said that it was out in the dev beta, and I haven't taken the time to update. Uh, but it's so nice to be able to control everything, you know. Anything yeah, to get off of 15.1? Do it. 15.1 is aft right now. I am ha- on iOS. On, on iPad iOS is pretty bad. iPad. Oh, I-, I was having a lot of bugs too. Not the same ones, but there were missing buttons and man. If, uh, Apple has done everything to make me hate iPadOS this year. My God. I can't check anything on the iPad. I, I, I'm surprised I was able to take the FaceTime call. Because yeah. right before you got <laughs> called, I called you guys and it just was pending. I'm like, what are you pending for? Connect the call. And it just didn't do it. And then you guys okay. called. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have 15.1 yet, so I guess I'll just... Wait, I, I implore you, please. It's not worth it. Whatever you think... <laughs> Uh, share share screen or what share play but it's not worth it i can't i can't even try no. it like it's wait there needs i i believe there's gonna be like a 15.1.1 or something like that um yeah it there's there, there is a big issue so i was trying to get ready for the universal control as well i'm like oh let me get everything up to date oh my god <laughs> I, I i i don't know hey drew i took your challenge I've spent the last week undocked, with the exception of today, doing oh, okay. this. Yeah. Um, to see how my workflow would be using just the screen, and that was okay. one of my deciding factors. Like, I can work off the 14 inch because I found myself com- comfortably working off of the 13 inch. Uh, doing uh, from the live stream that I set up uh, when I unboxed the AirPods Three and mm-hmm. uh, Logic and this and, and everything, and everything and anything in between. Obviously, yes, I'll take the greater screen real estate where I can get it. Um, but yeah. in, in those places where I need that tight pinch, uh, I found myself very comfortably using the 13-inch fine. My wife has a 16-inch equivalent for her work, and um, she brings her laptop home. And I was like, earlier this week, I was like, can I, can I see that real quick? Yeah, I just wanted to do a, a side-by-side. She goes, sure. 
And yeah. I'm looking at it, and this is before I went to the Apple Store, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is big. This is a lot of, this is a lot to, <laughs> yeah. to, to take in. But I, I, my my overall fear that I still could not test, and you'll be the only one to really know about this, Drew, is I suspect a bigger screen means it's pulling more energy to drain the battery quicker than it would on the 14-inch. Oh, sure. I'm... 100% sure. I don't... I, I, I would hate to be in that predicament where I feel like I'm running out of battery quicker because I'm just having the screen open longer. Well, the battery the battery is physically larger to accommodate for that, though. That's why the 16-inch... See, I always thought the battery was accommodating for that high-performance mode thing or that, that only the 16-inch yeah, has. They have the same chips, so... Um, if you're just doing M1 Pro... That power draw, I assume, is mostly the same between the yeah. uh, 16 and 14. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you can live with it. It's just interesting that we've discovered the opposites. You're like, let me try working just off the laptop. And you were like, okay, I can work with this. And now I'm doing it. And I'm like, I don't like this very much. <laughs> Drew is going to switch just, back to Intel. Confirmed. You're, well, He's no, going to return no. to the is... laptop. Drew is purposely no. giving himself worst case scenario in preparation of when he uh, plans to do any type of. My uh, worst case traveling. scenario is just work, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just working. You're just working while you're while you're supposed to take R and R, and you're going to be working or whatever. Um, my 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 lens that I'm looking through this through is knowing full well ninety plus I will be docked. I will be docked, and so. That's where it's like it's a money thing. Then that ten five yeah. to ten percent where I'm not docked. That then am am I gonna am I gonna be spoiled about it? No, because I got the storage now and I got the RAM and that's what I needed. If I need the extra screen real estate, if sidecar still isn't cutting it for me, I mean well, that's a that's a problem for future Andy to cross that bridge when we get there. But that will be the exception, not the rule. Where I yeah. am leading to believe for you, Drew, you want to. You want to cover your grounds for the next five years. Five years is a long yeah, time to be doing a lot term. of things. So you're like, I mm-hmm. need to make sure I get this right because I'm locking in for, you know, longer than some CDs that people put their money in to get some <laughs> higher interest rates. I don't of. really have a choice. Like, this is this is as maxed out as it gets. So it's not like I can get something else if this doesn't cut it. I'm just, I'm <laughs> right. enjoying the benefits because... I'm producing tech and EV videos every day and doing all these live streams. So this, the sooner I switch to this, the better, basically. I can save more time. The, the EV videos, oh, my God. Tell because me. they're 1080p. Yeah. They export so fast. It's like 60 seconds and they're done. That's <laughs> amazing. Just like finish a video. I'm like, it might be the placebo right, for export? me, but I think you are. Uh, you look like you're having more fun with EV lately. And I think it's placebo because of how quick you can get everything done. I just... I don't know. I've been enjoying They're your EV stuff lately. Right now. <laughs> I'm I'm excited with what's going on in the EV community, but the 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 list of video ideas I have is all tech right now. Ah. I have a huge list of tech video ideas and a fairly short list of EV video ideas, but <laughs> I've I've loved coming to work every day and using this, you know, after I wash my hands and, and <laughs> make sure everything's uh you get you get in a big PPE and, uh, suit with the gloves yeah. and the face shield and <laughs> No dandruff on. on the keyboard. But using a Mac with 120 hertz and and being able to export things so much faster and being able to pick it up and move it when I I've already been this morning just being like, okay, where can I put the iMac Pro? Because my desk is full right now and I'm trying to 
clear things off. In the garbage. So, yeah, iMac needs to find a better home, or I need to find a better place in the house for it because it's just taking up space on my desk, and I'm not using it. For... I thought it was going to the missus. I thought she was going to be using it. Well, possibly, but um, I, I need to put it in a place where she can use it where it's not in my way because right Ow. now this is where I do all my work and <laughs> and we don't really have a good second desk for it right now mm. so um, it has become useless very quickly the only thing I like about it is the the larger screen size but I definitely don't want to keep it just as a monitor um, Drew so I, I'm interested in selling I, I will I will make you the it. exact same offer that Apple gave Randy for his iMac, $200, and you pay for shipping. <laughs> Woo! That's mean. Yeah, that would be a bargain, huh? That's mean. I would buy it again for $200. <laughs> oh, that's mean. But Too I soon, just... Nick. Oh, is that really too soon? It's been like a year, buddy. Come on. No, it hasn't. It happened earlier this year. <laughs> well, it's the M1 MacBook Air you replaced it, was, it with. Yeah. That was October, right? Wasn't that October time frame? 2021's almost over. No, the M1 event was in November, so... It was November. Okay. So, coming up on a year. Yeah. We're nearing the one-year mark. This is one of Randy's longest stop gaps. Right? <laughs> and he's still waiting. Still well, if waiting. I place my order right now, I'll get it early December. Uh, check Best Buy. <laughs> check, check Best Buy. I've noticed they have They haven't been stocked even at Apple, but not my configuration. I've looked I know, everywhere. I no. Best Buy has some of the configurations. I've been watching that, too. But think about the three percent. True, or six percent. Three percent and my military yeah, I got, discount. Mm, I got the Apple true. card for this, is this one purchase. This is where it makes a, a difference. I mean, I can't argue with that, Drew. <laughs> if if Best Buy would honor the military discount, I, I can put it on a different credit card and get close to three percent. But um, if they don't honor honor the discount, then I yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't s- think about the military discount. Yeah. I I will never pay full price. So just for order it now and then wait till December. <laughs> You're only a month away. Because uh, no, this is so the difference is because I'm going to hold on to it for at least five years. I'm not jumping the gun. I can wait. That's that's the difference between okay. me and I guess Drew, where he's like, I want to be ready now, and he wanted to max it out, and that's that's a right frame of mind. My approach is well, it impacts my work pretty directly. It's like. It's, the sooner I get this, the faster I can get videos out. And I agree with that. Which is helpful. I agree. Yeah. I, I am already ahead of the curve now because of that crappy iMac. So, yeah, MacBook Air is, is keeping me alive. And because of that, I'm going <laughs> to make this purchase right. I'm going to get it right this time. I'm not, I'm not... The MacBook life support. Oh, my God. The longest stopgap ever. I can't wait to get rid of it, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate you, sir. Randy, You've I will make you the same deal as Apple gave you for your iMac for your <laughs> MacBook Air. I will give you $200, and you pay for shipping. <laughs> Apple hasn't lowered the trade-in value on my iMac for a surprise Ooh. Because they're waiting for you to, to, to accept the you're, low ball first. You're, you're probably the last person, Drew, with an iMac Pro at this point. That is... Definitely true. Not, 100% true. I, I, <laughs> not true. I think I can't think of many other YouTubers that are like, yeah, I normally use my iMac Pro. But not this time. Um, yeah, this is the first Mac I've ever got that actually outperformed my iMac Pro. Out of all the other Macs I've reviewed over the years, none of them, none of them beat it. And that is impressive. 
for the 2017 is, iMac. It's <laughs> impressive for the iMac that it held up that well. Yeah, I, I got to do a, a four-year review video. I'm going to definitely recap it and give it a, a final closure and thank you before we... Uh, ceremoniously throw it in the dumpster. Throw it in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> just end the whole video. It's like all cinematic. We're gonna shoot it on the red. Get all these close-ups and just be like, it was looked at as a stopgap. People thought it was a trap, but it actually ended up being the solution. It was a savior for all the pros, and it held me over so well. And nothing else could beat its value. And then last second of the video, so- it's just Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> Chucks it in the yes. dumpster. Yes. Oh, I love it. Ah, uh, is that today's but video? It's crap. Mm-hmm. That's today's video? What? No, it's oh. not. I, I need more time oh. um, to All make right. that one. But I need to clean it up. It's just kind of ugly collecting dust sitting there now. And um, I really only installed Monterey so that I could turn it into a monitor. <laughs> That's the sole purpose. Oh. You were right to do this. I wonder how much of the resolution is preserved. I know it can't be 5K. Um, you're already going to feel icky because it's going to be 60 hertz. That's true. Man, I, it sucks. That, I, don't you hate it when there's like a product that so clearly could exist and yet it doesn't? We've <laughs> been saying about that with the MacBook Pro for three years. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting for the yeah. right MacBook Pro. <laughs> Like, we can't get AirPods that check all the boxes. You have to, like, pick your battles with AirPods. And the MacBook checks pretty much all my boxes. I hate my iPad a lot more now, to be honest with you. Oh, no. It's so pointless now that I can get all of the things I love about it on the Mac. Like, Mac OS. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. I've realized now, Face ID on the Mac doesn't matter to me very much because it boots up from my Apple Watch so fast Hmm. like the only reason I like Face ID on the iPad is because it doesn't unlock via my watch whereas now I come in here at the beginning of the day haven't touched the laptop in like a good 10 hours and before the lid has even opened my watch goes oh Craig is so happy about that Yeah, every time I open it, I'm like... How cool is that? why would I upgrade for Face ID? In fact, the iPad is the only device that doesn't unlock with Apple Watch now. Because the phone does. iPhone does. It says a lot about how dumb iPad OS is. It does. Wow. Yeah, unlocks the Mac and the phone and the watch. Yep. Yeah. The watch unlocks the watch. Does the watch unlock the door, though? (laughs) (laughs) There's probably some third-party NFC app. That's weird. The the phone unlocks the watch when you put it on, but the watch unlocks the phone going forward from there. They unlock each other. They unlock each other. What a cute relationship. I love that. It's like security that you don't notice. That's what I appreciate about biometrics. It's like, if you don't realize it's there, but... I think the 120 hertz has really solidified that this is going to be a long-term purchase because I have a difficult time understanding what they're going to change that would make me go, ooh, I really need to upgrade now. I don't know. Um, maybe... I know it'll get faster, but... I don't know. It's already pretty insane. Honestly, I think what will change is the operating system. You'll need to get a newer one that runs the latest operating system. But we know how long that takes. Yeah. To get a Mac discontinued, that's like a seven, sometimes eight year my, process. 
my iMac that I sold this year is the last one on the block to get Monterey. Late 2015. For the iMac line, yes. Yeah. So for the MacBook line, I think the 2014 woo. and later. Let me check. Woo. But I know that the Mac OS updates are very long term, and now that it's Apple Silicon, even there's even less reason to discontinue. This is. Um, I I don't know what what the right. I, you know what? Maybe you have to upgrade if if there's something that's. Uh, failing in the future like oh there, there's 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 a big screen issue there's a battery issue there's another keyboard issue or something maybe something to that effect i really hope that's not the case cause yeah i'm definitely not gonna especially in the first if it happens in the first year i can get it replaced under warranty sure um if it happens on the second or third year i i do not want to spend another six grand did you get apple care i would have to i never get apple care on anything Mm. But mm. I've never needed to mm. because I mean, everything works so reliably. Ooh. Look at look at Nick. <laughs> I have faith. I mean, I have faith SSD. too, but it's not in that. <laughs> but, hey, if it's a, if it's a screen issue, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be covered. Apple will cover it the same way they covered the yeah. AirPods. You know, crackling out. My wife's MacBook from 2008 still works. It's slow, but it, it didn't have any cataclysmic failures. But Drew, if you have all of your files on the one SD, uh, eight terabyte SSD inside of your laptop, it could fail and you could lose everything. That's why you need to have external drives, Drew. Very important. External drives have failed on me. I've never had an internal one fail, though. I, uh, my cousin's <laughs> brother had, said had that he had this problem. I guess my cousin's brother <laughs> my is also Porsche my cousin. My Porsche drive died. Mm. <laughs> but I've never had an Apple hard drive mm. go bad on me. Mm. Mm. I don't want or SSD. Don't want to jinx it, but I've never had any of that go bad on me. I, I just know moving parts is a matter of time, but even my yeah. HDD, nothing. I'm still mm-hmm. good there. So Okay, so MacBook Pro is early 2015 and later. MacBook Air is early 2015 and later. But Mac Mini is late 2014 and later, Yay. and Mac Pro is late 2013 and later. So the trash can still gets Monterey. Ooh. No Type C, but well, yeah. the trash can. I can still getting updates. I I I don't know who would be using that right now. The trash can Mac Pro. Woo! They must be out there. I've heard they're selling for pretty cheap now. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> yeah, Phil Schiller is the only advocate still with it. Yeah, he still <laughs> can't innovate. My, well, I guess they're going for like nine hundred, two thousand. No, I would rather put that money towards the MacBook Air M1. So, I don't know who's hey Nick, can I ask yeah. you an honest question about uh, MacBook then? Uh, if you're not interested, <sighs> since we're at the end of the podcast, no one listens. I'll answer honestly. Okay, next year. White bezeled MacBook Air, MacBook Pro base model, and all that. If that's true, if that comes to be true, and Touch Bar, humor me, Touch Bar's still there. You will do it based off oh, of Touch Bar dude, alone. Bro, Touch Bar alone. If there is no Touch Bar, oh. but it keeps the design that you love. If there is no Touch Bar? Oh, if there is no Touch Bar. See, that's the problem. I don't mind. 
living a year, year and a half, two years on an M1 computer, theoretically, if I can keep the touch bar. But I know okay. at some point it will be inevitable. And I don't know at what point it will be inevitable in the immediate term. So, yeah. I say you just uh, say the new Mac OS ain't worth it. Just keep buying. At, at some point, I'll be like, oh, this M1 chip is so slow. Oh, my gosh. I, my 8K at 70,000 frames I can't believe I thought this was fast. Video. <laughs> 8K. Because you have to zoom in on Mars. I do. You have to. I mean, you got to have Mars and the Starship in the same slow-mo video. Not just video. the planet. And it needs you to need be at 30,000 frames a second because I'm either the slow-mo guys or the smarter everyday dude. Um, so one of those, <laughs> I, it has to be It has to be slow-mo. Right. At you need a slow-mo video of Starship landing on Mars in detail. <sighs> Boy, I really want to do that. <sighs> it's going to take quite a lens. It's yeah. Oh, like oh I, I thought you meant being on the surface. But no, you'll, you'll be right where you are now. Oh, just dang it, I don't want to do that then. Really big sensor. <laughs> So you're not 90K. interested in the in the you're indifferent about white bezel notches. Yeah, yeah. I I said it with the 24 inch iMac. I love white bezels, but what notch. about a white notch? I love notches. I've never had a white bezel notch, but I probably would love it. My Drew's. brain hurts. <laughs> Drew's face is perfect. It doesn't black. Think about watching videos with black bars with the white notch. I don't watch videos on my Mac. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Think about the menu bar. The I'm now imagining a beautiful minimal white uh, uh, desktop. Be full of black dots. Things. Yeah, it would be full of black dots. That that would be a little less exciting, but. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. I wouldn't mind a white bezeled, white notch MacBook. But if it doesn't have I a touch bar, that like, would be a that would be a no go. Yeah. Other than the lack of touch bar, I think you might like the next gen MacBook Air because I think it'll be basically just a 12 inch okay. MacBook with. But I think bezels. eventually I'm going to need the performance of that beautiful M1 Pro chip, M1 Pro Max chip, M- M1 Max chip. I hate that name so much. I hate it so, too. So beautiful. So unclear. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Pro what about the Mac Pro? The Mac you know, Pro. I'd, I'd, I would love. I would love a Mac Pro. Um, we'll start the the uh, Mac Pro fund. Uh, everyone, come support me on Patreon. <laughs> um, I'll shout you out at the end of every podcast, and uh, you'll get there your name in the credits. And if Let's you have man, this is very original. Code, I'll drop it in the in the description below here. But only up to Nick's, ten. He's not Nick's doing no more Mac than ten. Pro. Nick's Mac. All right, Pro tell fund. you what. This is one hundred percent serious. If y'all crowdfund uh, a 14-inch MacBook Pro, I will get it, ports included. That is that is something mm. you can take to the bank. Well, I will take, take I will I will take it to the bank. Yeah, I will take a free one. Yep, 100. percent Wow, <laughs> that is quite the compromise. Yeah, that's quite the compromise, Nick. A free I Mac. Pay for it. I'd still <laughs> wow. open it every day and be like, "This thing is so ugly." How but dare you disrespect the Mac that much? That, hey, I'll get it, but I'm not paying for it. <laughs> Cancel Nick again. This is episode. Cancel (laughs) Nick again. Who's Dave Chappelle? We're canceling Nick now. You can only cancel someone once. Tell that to Dave Chappelle. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm just going to do another comedy tour. No worries. (laughs) And Randy said the uh, obligatory, slightly offensive slash political thing. 
and uh, I have just the MacBook Pro. I've also wished that Marquez would come on the show and AirPower would come out, but uh, we already had Marquez on the show, so I don't know why we still say that one. AirPower is AirPower's so dead. dead. <laughs> but we could have Marquez again. Marquez, come talk to us about Rivian. And I'm Who cares if it's not the EV? Truck. <laughs> oh, bingo. Thanks all. And for we're doing listening. a Trump impression near the end. There we go. That's a bingo. Okay, folks, believe me. Bingo. All right. I already mentioned right. 120. Okay. Yep, we're good. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a great week. Have a good week. Bye. Atlanta deserves a world-class education system where every student can get a great education. But for too many, that's not happening. Casey Benning is running for APS School Board because she knows we can do better. We have to close the achievement gap and provide children with an education that prepares them for life. Casey Benning will demand accountability, increase transparency, prioritize classroom safety, and provide greater educational opportunity for our kids. And Casey's ready to lead now. She spent her entire professional career advocating for children. Casey is a nonprofit executive who co-founded Hey, helping empower you, an organization that advocates for underserved kids. Casey Benning is the leader we need to change APS for the better and get us the results we deserve. On Election Day, vote Casey Benning for Atlanta Board of Education. Paid for by Georgia Can IEC and not authorized by any candidate. Lately, my family has gotten a little behind on our doctor visits, but this year, that's changing. We're making health a priority with Emory Healthcare. My husband got the knee replacement he's been putting off. My mom is getting a heart procedure that Emory pioneered, and I scheduled my annual mammogram. And with so many virtual visit options, we are getting it done in 21. Make your health a priority at emoryhealthcare.org slash healthfirst. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. It's TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hugh, and it's a really special day for TED. Join us today at youtube.com slash TED to watch the Countdown Global live stream, an empowering event laying out a credible and realistic pathway to a net zero future. Learn how you can take action on climate change. That's at youtube.com slash TED. And now for today's talk. Whether it's droughts, wildfires, or floods, climate change has put lives and livelihoods in peril. But the UN Deputy Secretary General, Amina J. Mohammed, hasn't lost hope for turning things around. 
In her talk at the Countdown Summit in 2021, she calls on us to reinvest in human potential with an idea called the Great Green Wall. You wouldn't put your teen athlete on the same field as the pros, so why would you take them to the same doctor? Children's Healthcare of Atlanta Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is Georgia's only nationally ranked program for teen athletes. Visit today at choa.org slash teens. Now, what's next? A podcast from Morgan Stanley helps make sense of life during and after the pandemic. With nearly two decades of experience reporting on culture and the economy, host Sonari Glinton meets people who are looking for solutions to the cracks exposed by the pandemic. From how we care for our children and the elderly to what we do with shopping malls, these are stories of everyday people trying to figure things out and where they're finding hope. Search for Now What's Next wherever you listen to podcasts. As a girl, I walked along the shores of Lake Chad, one of the largest lakes in Africa. It went on forever, touching four countries, Chad, Niger, Cameroon, and my own country, Nigeria. It seemed like an ocean to me at the time, with 30 million people relying on its bounty. Sadly, today, as you fly over Lake Chad, you won't see much. It's a fraction of its original size. 90% of this freshwater basin has dried up, and with it, millions and millions of livelihoods, farmers, fisher folk, and our market women. Climate change takes yet another victim. Now add another extreme weather event, the Harmattan. What was once a short three-month season of dust and wind, one farmer told me the dust storms are coming earlier and bigger every year. A single storm can wipe out an entire year's crop. Overnight. The human and ecological cost more jobs lost, hunger, families displaced, a perfect storm for crushing poverty, and even more sadly, violence. And so it may be a challenge to grow food today in the Lake Chad Basin, but it has also become a fertile ground for extremists to take root, wreaking havoc on peace. Sadly, touched down anywhere in the world, and you'll hear more tragic stories of climate devastation. Droughts, floods, wildfires, lives and livelihoods in jeopardy, tipping towards catastrophe. And yet, despite it all, I still have hope in our human family. And you might ask why. It's our capacity for human endeavor to survive against all odds, one that created the extraordinary promise of the UN Paris Agreement, and its power to drive the 17 Sustainable Development Goals for people and for planet. We know that the promise of Paris aims to limit global heating to 1.5 degrees to ensure that we survive as a human family. To get there, we know exactly what we must do. We must decarbonize the global economy by 2050 by way of halving the emissions in this decade. We must make coal history with coal phased out in rich countries by 2030 and in other countries by 2040. The G20 produces 80 percent of all greenhouse gas pollution, and so they too must, these 20 global leaders, take responsibility and lead. We must stop spending trillions subsidizing fossil fuels, clogging the lungs of our people and destroying forests and oceans and we must provide the resources that are needed for a just, green and blue transition. 
we know that these are all essential ingredients to fulfill the Paris Agreement. Now, try to reimagine with me what this journey to net zero emissions could look like through another lens, one that puts our focus on investing in people to reach their potentials while protecting our home, planet Earth. Decarbonisation, a powerful vehicle for climate action, but also for delivering on the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. The Great Green Wall, an idea born in Africa over a decade ago at the edge of the Sahara. It aims to stop desertification and restore 100 million hectares of degraded lands from Senegal in the west to Djibouti in the Horn of Africa. It's an ambitious plan to plant 100 million trees, improve water harvesting and the use of land. Clearly, the climate benefits will be enormous. But it's about much more than keeping dust in the desert. It's about creating a green economic corridor for more than half a billion people. Men, women, children. One that builds local value chains, strengthens economies and fosters a young, fast-growing workforce. And as an economic opportunity grows, hope for the future becomes a reality in millions of lives. And the space for terrorism, extremism, recedes. The Great Green Wall inspires me because it is a journey of the human potential, potential to amplify the deep knowledge of indigenous people who survive and thrive in harmony with nature, potential to harness technology to connect and to bridge the renewable energy divide, especially for women and for girls, the potential to transform food systems in ways which make people and planet healthier. So what's holding us back? What will it take for this potential to become a shared, lived reality? It would be easy for me to say money, so let me say it. Money, more money, <laughs> it's a big part of the solution. We need to make good now on the handshake that we had at Paris of $100 billion. And that was promised annually. Rich countries, Let me say here and now, we are looking at you for the unfinished business. You must step up and you must do it urgently. The other ingredient we need is solidarity. Sometimes that seems to be in fairly short supply, but we do know it exists. After all, it's solidarity that forged the Paris Agreement. It's solidarity that got us the Montreal Protocol. And there you see that the ozone layer is saved and our world is healing. But we need to rekindle that spirit and we need to do that now. It's not too late, but the window of opportunity is closing, which brings me back to you. You're the reason that I have hope. Time and time again, we've seen that when people raise their voices, that chorus becomes too urgent and too loud for leaders to ignore. That chorus for bold climate action is growing, but it's in fits and starts. Climate change doesn't pause, and neither must we. Now, last I checked, Teachers, presidents, shareholders, chief executives, scientists, employees, mums and dads, everyone on Earth is a citizen on this planet. So now's the time to stand up with the courage of your convictions, raise your voices yet again, and demand our leaders to take action on the promise of a 1.5-degree world. Friends, it's time to make some serious noise to transform our world. Right now, There's another young girl, maybe it's Kolo, 
Maybe it's Aisha, maybe it's Fatima, walking on the shores of Lake Chad. She's looking out and wondering what her future may hold. Will it be an ocean of opportunity? It could be. Or will it be a wasteland of dust as far as the eyes can see? She's asking that question of all leaders who hold her future in their hands, and she's also asking it of all of us here today and around the world. The time for real action has come. The choice is ours, individually, collectively. What will you do? Thank you. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. What? What happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there too. <laughs>、uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Right here in Greater Atlanta. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. Plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance. It was hoping for. Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Thinking Crypto Channel, your home for crypto news and interviews. I have huge XRP news to share with you all. Lots to cover, so make sure you watch the video to the end. Ripple has released their on-demand liquidity statistics of adoption, and there is growth, massive growth. In fact, I want to share the、uh, the metrics with you and show you what they have、uh, outlined and what's upcoming. And we have some Ripple employees weighing in on the growth of ODL. In addition, we have the XRP. Uh, the Q3 XRP report. So I want to share the details there, and we also have a quarterly report from SBI Holdings, which is heavily invested in Ripple. And man, oh man, if you see what they have planned, they're even planning for the Ripple IPO. This is really revealing stuff. It's a it's a deck that the、uh, president and CEO usually shares in, in their、um, in their earnings report. So I want to share that with you. And we have an article from、uh, Roslyn Layton of Forbes. She's Uh, exposing Gary Gensler and the SEC again. I love to see it because、uh, we know a lot of shady stuff's been going on there, lots of conflicts of interest, and we know Gary Gensler 
it's it, he's not on board with the innovation and the growth of this crypto asset class. So I want to break that down for you. And we have some huge Bitcoin mining news as well that I want to cover. Now, before we get to it, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, leave a comment below and hit the subscribe button if you're new here. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. Guys, this video is brought to you by OKCoin Crypto Exchange, where you can buy, sell, and trade your favorite cryptocurrencies and you don't have to pay high fees. OKCoin charges low fees. You can also stake your crypto and keep 100% of the rewards. There are no fees charged for staking your crypto. In fact, OKCoin is the only exchange where you can buy Miami coin and stake it and earn 430% APY. Now that's not going to last forever, so be sure to take advantage of it. Uh, I'm currently, uh, excuse me, staking, and I'm earning the Stacks token. So this is really great returns. Uh, so be sure to sign up. Link in the description. Uh, let's take a look at the market here. All coins have been pumping a bit. Obviously, we, we talked about Shiba Inu yesterday. Ethereum has been pumping. It crossed a new all-time high, I think like 4,400. Look, potentially, we could see 5,000 next week. We'll see what happens. But Bitcoin's over 62,000. Cardano is at $2 and just over $2, really. Uh, not much happening there. You know, it had its pump really strong earlier this year. And I think it's going to cool off for a bit and stay in kind of a stagnant position and then pump again. Solana is about uh, 200 bucks. XRP is just over a dollar. So alts have been moving. And that's because Bitcoin has been in a cool off phase. You know, it was kind of in the overbought phase and uh, it's building support levels here. You know, we have to see how the week ends on Sunday and obviously that'll be the end of October, October 31st. And I do believe we'll probably see another red candle here on the weekly chart because we need to build support levels. And like I've been sharing, we could bounce off of 58,000 and then keep going up, right? So this is just your cool off period, building support levels. Then we work our way up. Nothing goes up in a straight line. And the macro level charts, such as plan B stock to flow model is on track. He even like tweeted the following today. He said, imagine selling Bitcoin now with a laughing emoji. Um, and absolutely, right? This is, uh, we haven't hit our blow off top yet. So now is not the time to sell. That's not to say if you're comfortable and you want to take profits now because maybe you bought Bitcoin at five bucks or 10 bucks, right? So your returns are like really uh, incredible. Um, you can go ahead. It's just in general, I'm talking about, you know, like I've, I bought Bitcoin years ago in the in the thousand dollar range, two thousand dollar range. Uh, so I'm waiting for the higher highs as much as possible. And of course, the same applies to altcoins because the altcoins follow Bitcoin's move. So we are still on track. Here's another macro level chart from TechDev. Um, obviously, he he said the following here: volatile on the short time frame. So the week to week, the month to month is very volatile, but macro level, you can see we are pretty steady and we are uh, playing out that four-year cycle. And once again, we have not hit the blow-off top for Bitcoin yet. All right, guys, the Ripple XRP news. ODL, on-demand liquidity, it leverages XRP to move money cross-border to improve the current process, which is SWIFT, which takes days. XRP in ODL settles in seconds and obviously with the parties involved in a couple minutes. That is uh, faster than anything out there right now when it comes to cross-border payments. So ODL had its best year yet, and we're not even into November. Since Q3 of 2020, transactions over RippleNet 
have doubled and ODL transactions account for 25% of total dollar volume across the network in Q3. Guys, we are seeing growth of uh, on-demand liquidity despite the SEC lawsuit. That's because Ripple is a global company. So this, despite the SEC and Jay Clayton and William Hinman and Gary Genser, Ripple is still moving forward. Um, they are still setting up shop in different countries, getting their on-demand liquidity corridor set up. We just talked about you know, uh, People, and uh, I believe that's the name of the company. They're setting up uh, a corridor in one of the largest, I believe the largest, in fact, in the world between the Middle East and, and various countries around there. So billions uh, are being moved, and this will help, you know, the on-demand liquidity solution will help move money faster, of course. So uh, let me give you some details. RippleNet has seen its best year to date with massive growth globally. Uh, ODL customers today can now access over 20 countries around the world for their payment needs. Since Q3 last year, transactions over RippleNet have more than doubled and ODL transactions are up 130% quarter over quarter. ODL transactions in Q3 accounted for 25% of total dollar volume across the network, while our US ODL flows were essentially halted due to regulatory uncertainty Screw you, SEC. <laughs> That's not what's uh, in the article, of course. Just, that's just my commentary. <laughs> International ODL volume has continued to surge, with volume growing more than 25x since Q3 last year. This is bullish, my friends. This is what you want to see. When you're invested in an asset, right, you want to see that on different fronts, and, and we're, you know, we're talking about XRP. It's not just about Ripple, but other uh, companies leveraging it and a lot of uh, the market itself different people using it for different use cases, that it's getting adoption, that there's movement, there's progress, right? Because if a project, that asset is stagnant, there's something wrong, right? Sh there should be progress. What is the team working on? And clearly the team at Ripple has been doing some great things here. And this makes me bullish. You guys know I hold XRP. It's the number one in my portfolio. I am looking at a 10 to $15 price point um, at the peak of the bull run, could go higher. You know, if we get this uh, settlement uh, from the lawsuit in time, um, but we'll see what happens. Now, Ripple's Craig DeWitt, who I've interviewed on the channel. If you haven't seen my interview with him, I'll put a link in the description. He said a few XRP powered ODL stats, uh, just replying to that. And he's and, and the items I just covered, he said, we're just getting started, period. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, Ashish Burla of Ripple, who I've also interviewed, and uh, he said the following, on-demand liquidity, a labor of love from Team RippleNet and testament to the power of crypto. What was once a vision a few years ago now accounts for 25% of the total dollar volume over our network RippleNet. Wow. Uh, you see the, the graph here that he shows just the growth from uh, just earlier this year. Look at that. That's huge. I, I think they've ramped up and they're ready. They're just ready to go. And, and, uh, and that's pretty exciting, guys. It's, it's just uh, so bullish. Now, um, he did a three-parter tweet here, it seems like. He says, uh, January 2021, some thought ODL was dead. Today, 20 ODL send markets over uh, open volume incentives paid to customers have decreased by over 90% since 2019. And three out of five of our highest transaction customers in 2020 upgraded to ODL for XRP-powered payments from solely fiat base. 
Finally, he said here, and beyond our bread and butter cross-border payments, Ripple is tackling use cases like treasury management, lines of credit, and liquidity services. Expect more at Swell. I like that. Enterprises are ready to and excited to integrate crypto. Q4 plus beyond, and here we come. Wow, guys. I think I think Ripple's team is just like, you know what? Screw the SEC. We're just going to keep moving forward. Um, and I think that's because we, we know the SEC is in a bad position. They don't have any solid evidence. We see uh, uh, the SEC is getting slammed on multiple fronts, the entire crypto market, right? Now people in Congress, um, you have people in business are slamming them. So Ripple is just like, we're going to be heads down and keep building. This is bullish. And you're, you're seeing real world adoption and utility here. And this is going to bode well for the price as the market cycles play out, my friends. So bullish. Um, and like I said, if you haven't seen my interview with Ashish, be sure to uh, check it out. The link will be in the description. Now, this was so revealing, guys. Um, SBI, Yoshikaka Katao, many of you know who he is. Here are some slides from their presentation. This is verified. There's a link here to the full deck. The SBI Q2 report is out. Six slides bear upon XRP and Ripple. And then I just type a couple more thoughts on this. By the way, this is from the Wrath of Con, con man <laughs> who tweeted this and summarized this and shout out to him. He says, first up, ODL makes the presentation, page uh, 181, Japanese yen to Philippine pesos is Japan's first di uh, digital asset remittance service. Uh, it says here, number two, not a huge surprise, but SBI is planning for Ripple's IPO. Uh, number three, SBI has set up a car export businesses in Africa with the intent to use XRP. Wow. Uh, SBI is launching a crypto fund of uh, the DA they sell with a large portion of as XRP. Not clear if it, it will be 50% as reported last year, but doubtful. Um, it says here, XRP is central to losing, excuse me, XRP is central to their remittance strategy, obviously, but as SBI goes all in with DeFi, tokenized assets and NFTs, Will XRP find an expanding role? Hmm. Let me uh, show you some of the images here, guys. Look at this. They're showing the, the flow um, uh, between the Japanese yen and, and um, excuse me, the, the, the uh, Philippines pesos. So this, this is from a bank, guys, a financial conglomerate in Japan. This is so bullish. Uh, look at the headline. Using XRP as a bridge currency reduces credit risk and pre-funding costs, as well as an enhances competitiveness. Wow. Uh, let me sh show you the other slides here. Um, in the future, large IPO stocks such as Ripple and R3 will be expected to continue to contribute to high levels of profits because they are invested in Ripple and R3. Guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm so bullish in XRP. Right now, uh, this is awesome. And, and here, you know, there, it, here's what it clearly says it in the deck. Uh, they are also working on building a system that allows the use of digital asset XRP for payment with SBI Motor Japan for exported used vehicles. Now, those of you who know your world affairs, Africa, the countries in Africa are having an industrial revolution right now. And, and China recognizes that. I, I think I wish the U.S. was doing it. China is going in there and setting up shop. These countries are developing, so they're seeing a boom. And you're going to see a lot of the, the, the things that we take for granted in the Western world 
is now going to be set up there, right? All the infrastructure, roads, rental cars, buying cars, whatever it is. So many countries in Africa are booming now, guys. And then this is the great thing about crypto that's going to help a lot of these uh, people. A lot of them who are unbanked or don't have access to proper financial services are now going to have it. And uh, SBI clearly trying to position XRP. Oh man, so bullish guys. I wish I could spend hours, you know, going through these things, but I just want to give you guys at a high level so you know what's happening if you're invested in XRP. Now, Ripple also released their Q3 markets report. I won't go through all the details, but here's the TLDR. They said, in our Q3 XRP markets report, we reviewed the latest XRP trends and news from NFT mania to unprecedented ODL growth and DeFi to tokenization. And, uh, you know, they provide the full details on their website, obviously covers NFT and what's happening. And we know, guys, NFTs are coming to the XRP ledger and they're going to be fast and you don't have to do pay ridiculous Ethereum gas fees. Look, I'm bullish on Ethereum. I hold in my portfolio, but I'm not an idiot. Like you look at the gas fees and I'm like, why the hell would I go pay that amount of money to go build something and all that? I'm going to wait for the... Um, the XRPL version. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, you have Solana, Avalanche, and Terra, and so forth. You can use those. Those are faster than Ethereum. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see who. There's going to be multiple winners. Obviously, some are not going to win. But I do believe Ripple is positioning the XRP ledger here for another major use case. So I'm excited about this, guys. And I think NFTs are going to be big and, and add more value to the XRP ledger network. So there's network effect. Remember that. Um, and that contributes to the price. All right. A dirty Gary Genser. <laughs> Rosalind Layton uh, just laying out the, 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 the dishing out the details here on Gary Genser because she's been doing obviously a lot of investigative journalism. Here's the title. SEC Chair Gary Genser's War on Crypto is about his resume. He is trying to get the treasury job. So he's trying to block as much as he can. But I think the other part of it, as we've discussed, is that he is a Goldman Sachs guy. He's a, he, he's a, he's a puppet for the banking cartel. Um, I, I believe that despite JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and these guys launching Bitcoin funds, they, as Jamie Dimon said, he does not like Bitcoin, doesn't care for it. They don't like it. It disrupts them. It takes money away. It takes power away from them. Um, so they are trying to stop this as much as possible. So she goes into details about MIT. There's all kinds of connections to uh, shady people and what's going on in his background. He didn't, Gary didn't have a background on crypto. He just came in there and talked about it. Um, and he pretty much just, you know, kind of, kind of at a high level said, well, this is the blockchain crypto runs on it. So it was nothing groundbreaking. Um, we were hoping as a regulator, because he, talked about these things that he would be friendly to it, but he was not clearly. Right. Um, but there's connections to Jeffrey Epstein and so forth. Right. It's, it's really getting crazy guys. I, I obviously I can't read this whole thing. This is just too long, but the TLDR she's exposing him. Um, he's trying to get the treasury job and just his background at MIT connections to Jeffrey Epstein and all kinds of shady people. Uh, so I highly recommend you guys read this, but you may say, well, Tony, so what? Well, this is going to put pressure and expose Genser and the SEC. And once again, that optics are a big part of society, right? And even within politics. 
So it puts the SEC in a bad position and they don't have solid evidence. And this further uh, exposes the conflicts of interest and the shady and uh, uh, the picking of winners and losers and things along those lines. So this is good. We want more of this. Expose the truth. Expose what's happening, the conflicts of interest, because we need Ripple to win this lawsuit. If, even if you don't hold XRP, you hold Dogecoin, you hold whatever, Chainlink, Cardano, uh, you need Ripple to win this because Genser is going after everybody, right? We saw he stopped the Coinbase land. He's going after Terra Luna now. So if we can expose the chink in, in the SEC's armor here, it's going to be much easier for the rest of the crypto market to fight this. Um, I think ultimately Congress will step in and change the law, but it, Congress moves like a snail. We, we've seen U.S. politics, right? So uh, we just we need Ripple to come out of this successful. Now, Congressman Tom Emmer, who I've interviewed on the channel, a gentleman who has said XRP is not a security on record, you know, he uh, he tweeted uh, retweeted the uh, uh, ex excerpt from the uh, Rosalind Layton's. Uh, 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 article, and he said spot on. And here's what he tweeted. Genster refuses to engage the retail crypto investors he claims to be defending. And his, inco his incoherent, everything crackdown on the US financial marketplace only strengthens the idea that his war on crypto is about furthering his career, not the best for investors, the economy or innovation. Absolutely. There you go. That's what it is. All right, guys, let's talk about some Bitcoin. I hold Bitcoin in my portfolio. I believe Bitcoin's here to stay. Bitcoin's a digital gold. And China banned Bitcoin mining, and the U.S. is allowing Bitcoin mining. Not only allowing it, they're fostering it. States are inviting people, to uh, miners to their states. And, it, it, and we see miners are going public. Here, large North American uh, Bitcoin miner, Rhodium, filed with the SEC to go public. See what's happening here, my friends. And something that's interesting, a lot of these miners are not selling their Bitcoin. They're just holding it. They know higher prices are coming, which makes me very bullish. Now, speaking of Bitcoin mining growth in the United States, the Foundry, which is owned by Digital Currency Group, which also owns Grayscale, Coindesk, um, and a whole bunch of other companies uh, headed up by Barry Silbert, the Foundry USA Bitcoin mining pool has taken the second spot in the global pool rankings over the past 24 hours. Guys, see what's happening? They were like number 15 months ago. Um, and those of you who've been following my channel for years, guys, I talked about this. I said the US would not sit by idly and let China control the hash rate. You know, I got the receipts, guys. I got the videos. When Trump was in office, I talked about it. And it's all playing out. This has become a, a, a battle for control of the new financial system, which is crypto, blockchain, CBDCs, NFTs, digital assets, uh, stable coins, tokenized securities and assets on the blockchain, guys. That's where we're headed, full token economy, a multi-chain world. So uh, here's another breaking news from across the globe. Australia's regulator gives green light to uh, Bitcoin ETFs. So multiple countries are going to approve Bitcoin ETS. We saw Canada and Brazil and some places in Europe, they had approved Bitcoin ETS before the United States. But now that the United States has done it, watch the others just jump on board. Game theory, right? And many folks wait to see the U.S.'s move, you know, before they, they, they do something. And if the U.S. is doing it, obviously it sets the standard. That's just how it's been, you know, because the U.S. is a, is a world superpower. Now, NIDIG. 
How many times have I said, guys, pay attention to these guys. Watch what they're doing. Huge Wall Street connections, Benjamin Losky and those of you who know who Ben Losky is and the bit license and, and the time he spent at a Ripple as well. There's huge connections here, a lot of money and power. Look what they just did. Nidig is purchasing British payments startup BottlePay for a between $280 million to $300 million in stock. Uh, they are setting up one of the biggest infrastructures, guys, for banks and all kinds of payments, uh, retail payments with NCR, Huge, huge and, and news. And you, just yesterday, I reported that they partnered with a luxury retailer, luxury car dealer, excuse me, where you can go buy your car, luxury car with Bitcoin or crypto. And they're also setting up the ability for those that luxury car dealership to uh, pay their employees in Bitcoin. So they're just setting up on ramps left and right, guys. So bullish. Uh, guys, what do you think about this XRP news? I, I think this is massive. The fact that we're seeing this type of growth, despite the SEC lawsuit, I think I think a settlement is in works. You know, obviously, it's hard to say when that's going to happen. I do. I, I'm but my fingers across, and I'm hoping um, that it happens within this bull run cycle. So XRP catches that momentum as Bitcoin is the rising tide that lifts all boats. We've seen it. Bitcoin pumps, then you have a massive epic alt season. And we want XRP to have the clarity in that alt season to move up. If you don't understand what I just said, you know, check out my previous videos. But what we've seen historically, Bitcoin pumps, then money flows to all coins, guys. And We've seen larger gains in altcoins than with Bitcoin. So I'm excited. I'm bullish. XRP, I continue to hold it. I buy the dips here and there. Some of you may ask, where are you buying? I'm buying it on Uphold as well as uh, I think Buy True. I, I personally don't use Buy True. I'm just saying it's available there, but Uphold is my main source. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what the price is going to be uh, because I do think there's some pent up energy here. There's some coiled energy because XRP has been delisted and uh, you have all this bullish news from Ripple. And then if they get a, a settlement and clarity, it releases all that kinetic energy, so to speak, right? All that pent up energy. And I think we, you could see like a slingshot move of XRP's price going parabolic. So um, look, that's not guaranteed. You know, I always keep it real with you guys. That's what I would like uh, to happen. And I think there is a good chance of it happening, but it may not. Now, uh, you know, like I said, Bitcoin's a rising tide that lifts all boats. And I think the price of XRP will go up re regardless, but it won't go as high as if we were to get a relisting, obviously the clarity, settlement and relisting. So I uh, hope you guys get what I'm saying there. Anyway, leave your thoughts and comments below. Hit the thumbs up button, share the video, subscribe guys. And heads up, I'll be interviewing some people from Ripple soon, Monica Long, and also be doing a, a third interview with David Schwartz. And I have a full playlist on Ripple XRP. You guys seen it. I've interviewed Brad Garlinghouse and David Schwartz, Ashish Berla, Craig, Craig Wright, um, um, Adam Trademan of, of SBI Ripple Asia, Greg Kidd, investor in Ripple. So be sure to check out that playlist, guys. And I'll talk to you all later. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete! 
bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, your... heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes. I changed it to Valentine's Day. <sighs> okay. We're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay. Yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.